Hello, and welcome back to Life in Bold. My name is Ben Hawes. I am your host of this wonderful podcast, and I'm so just like deeply excited to share with you today's guest, who is Jimmy Schatz. Now, Jimmy is a friend that I've had for a little less than a year. I met him when he did his solo show at the Stonewall Inn in New York City. He actually has a residency at Stonewall that he does a monthly show. Um, Right now, his show is called Jimmy and His Box of Crayons, and he has a lineup of comedians, but he also does a lot of kind of variety things in his comedy show. He does storytelling. He does movie trivia. You have to go to his shows if you're in New York City. Um, You can always follow him on Instagram. His Instagram is Jimmy Shat is funny. Uh, We'll talk about how to spell that in the episode. We also just talk about, you know, getting through life as a comedian. How do we support ourselves? Um, How do we identify when it comes to being a queer comedian? How do we handle different audiences? What kind of comedians do we really love watching? Um, And we just kind of get exactly what this podcast is all about, talking about how we are living our lives in a way that is bold and in a way that is friendly to our minds. So I know you're going to enjoy this episode. Jimmy is so funny. Um, and I really enjoy being his friend, so I'm happy to have had him on my podcast. I hope you really enjoy this episode. Uh, this is Life in Bold, and please welcome to the stage, Jimmy Schatz. Why did you need to post this? Uh-huh. We could have lived without seeing this. Oh my God. People, I like some of them I feel bad, but I like deleted because yeah. it was just so mean. No, you have to delete sometimes. It was so mean. What, what was I, the video? Um, I made, you know the, the like, of course trend? Yeah. Oh, I saw that video. So yeah. did you see I'm a bottom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was that one. And like people- That was funny. Like it was a joke how mm. I was like, you know, I'm a bottom in New York. Of course I'm afraid to turn 30. 15 people commented, you're You're not 30. 30." I was like, geez, bitch, not all of us can afford Botox. Like, it's so rude. (laughs) Also, like, you're still afraid to turn 30. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm 35, but yeah. 36, but yeah. you know, emotionally, I'm 12. When I went, I went viral one time. Is this really the podcast right now? Yeah. <laughs> so there's no intro. No, I'm gonna do the intro later. Oh, okay. Yeah, but how will they know what we're talking about? Because we just because we just talked about you going viral. But we did start with the microphones. Yeah, we'll be fine. Okay, I'll cut in. Right, Everybody, cool. if you missed, I it, went viral yeah. on TikTok. Um, but I want to be treated like a regular person. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm still just a regular person. Even I know. Though I went viral. I went viral one time, and the comments they really go for the gut. Like I don't enjoy. Like how bored are you? I know. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I know. One it, person wrote something so mean. I deleted it. What, what was, was it? it? It was like. <laughs> It was just horrible. Oh, and then people write stupid shit. Like, for example, and this I really felt like my friend was like, just, you know, thick skin. Yeah. But I almost wanted to write them because I thought it was so absurd. Yeah. We filmed the video all over West Harlem. And it was, um, I'm a bottom in New York, of course, you know. Yeah. And somebody wrote on it under the video, as you film in Brooklyn. (laughs) And I'm Wait. like, first of all, Brooklyn is New York. Yeah. You know, I didn't say I'm a bottom in New York City. Yeah. Because New York City right. is like New York City proper. Yeah. New York could be Brooklyn, it could be Queens, it could be the borough. That's Although so there annoying. are people that argue with me that New York City, you could say I live in New York City and live in Williamsburg. Right. But I don't really think that. Okay. <laughs> and you're from here. I'm from here. Yeah. And that's not in like a snobby way. Yeah. It's just like you live in the East Village yeah. of New York City. Yeah. There are people who live in, like, isn't East Williamsburg a thing? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or just Williamsburg on a whole. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to take away, like, anything from people who live in Brooklyn. If yeah. I could afford to live in Dumbo, I would, yeah, you know? right. But I think of NYC as, as the island of Manhattan. Yeah. And I think of Brooklyn as Brooklyn and Queens yeah. as Queens. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because if I think of New York, if I think of NYC as Manhattan... It includes the East Village, the West Village, the Upper West Side, blah, blah, blah. Harlem. If you, Harlem, if you live in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. where do you live? I live in Bed-Stuy. I live in Bushwick. I live in, you know? Yeah. But anyway. Do you get people it just, who disagree you know, with you? Yeah. People think that New York City is the five, is the five boroughs. Yeah, right. I mean, well, actually, nobody thinks of Staten Island as New York <laughs> City because it's bad Republicans. Yeah. So what was your, what, what, what was your growing up in, in Manhattan like? Um, growing up in Manhattan was so great because, um, like a lot of freedom. I mean, I started taking the subway when I was 14. Mm -hmm. Um, but 
Yeah, I don't know. Was it like, do you find it weird at all? Like <laughs> that you, I grew up in New York City. Yeah, do you meet there people and like, how do people react when they find out you grew up in New York City? You're born and raised in New York yeah. City. You must be rich. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, I had to city bike down here because I don't have a metro. Yeah, car. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, sometimes I, I feel like, listen, my biggest problem mm-hmm. in life is I live in a sea of regret. Oh, yeah. Um, but there, you know, and not that I had any, any control of where I grew up. Yeah. You know, that's my parents. But sometimes I meet people who are my age, our age, you're a bit, you're a bit younger, hold on to it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, <laughs> it's like I didn't grow up in a house. I didn't have a backyard. I didn't yeah. have a dog. I don't have a license. A driver's license. Yeah, like I oh, don't have a driver's license. Chic. And it's... <laughs> and it's because I didn't need one. Mm-hmm. And now I'm at an age where I'm like... Do I get it? But actually, I do. I do need to get it. Why? Because um, eventually, I want to be like a housewife yeah. with a minivan and yeah. picking the kids up from school. Do you ever think about moving to another state or like another part of New York or anything? All the time. Really? <clears throat> All the time. Yeah. I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I live in fear and regret. Yeah. I mean, I think it sounds a little bit ridiculous at this age, although they say it's never too late, but I feel like... My staying in New York City is mm-hmm. because there's a level of comfort here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, you know, I live that rent stabilized life. Yeah. But my ideal situation would be figuring out how to further my career, career and mm-hmm. comedy and acting. Yeah. And be bi coastal, like be able uh, to keep my apartment here. Would you do LA? And LA, yeah, yeah. I love LA. But I don't, I can't go to LA until I have some reason to go there. Yeah. Because if not, I see myself falling down a rabbit hole, getting hooked on meth, and it's just not gonna be good. I know. <clears throat> like, you don't wanna go down the rabbit hole. It was water. It was water? It was water. Okay, tell the people. Um, I made pasta <laughs> and I brought it to Ben's and, uh, I was eating it. He was so kind to give me a fork. <laughs> and I'm wearing gray sweatpants. And there was a little something on the sweatpant. And so I thought it might be grease. <laughs> but luckily, it was just water. It was just water. And also, that's the lesson of the day. I look like oatmeal. <laughs> it was like, I mean, there's I like a hole in my shirt. You know what's funny? Like, this is oatmeal and then the gray. Yeah. You know? I um, previously would use the back camera because Why? it's better. Oh, The really? back camera is better. Than the front camera. Oh, see, I didn't um, know that. He's a tech genius, by the way. <laughs> but when I use the back camera, I can't see. Oh, right. Because I like to be able to see that it's still recording and stuff. Oh, totally. Um, so I use the front camera this time, and now we're all self-conscious about how we look. I love <laughs> that actually I can't see how I look. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm aware of the whole, but yeah. I don't know. Um, I know. Summer body in progress. Uh-huh. You know? So, okay, tell me about your childhood and its relationship to getting into comedy? Like, do you feel like you got into comedy because you had to be funny as a kid? Do you feel like you have a lot of funny stories that just need to be shared? Like, what's going on there? I think that it sounds really cliche, Uh although rather than say it sounds cliche, I'll say it's fact. Uh That as a kid, I was ridiculed a lot. Yeah. And um, I also from a very, very young age, and this is disturbing on so many levels, and I don't know how I even got like this because no one in the family is a 10, Uh but I feel like as a kid, I learned to be funny and self-deprecating because I was always aware that I was not like the pretty boy, Mm. and Mm. I've I've wanted that my whole life, (laughs) and so... I think I really just, you know, I was always into making people laugh and cracking jokes as maybe a defense mechanism, yeah. you know, like a Chandler Bing. Yeah, right. R.I.P. R.I.P. Matthew Perry. Yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, it's so funny not to go off on a tangent. Yeah, go off. But there's this clip that I posted on Instagram yesterday yeah. of Joan Rivers. Oh, yeah. And she's talking about her comedy persona and how people expect, you know, blah, 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 blah from her. And she was like, people forget that, you know, Charlie Chaplin spoke. Lucille mm-hmm. Ball was a very sexy woman. Um, Phyllis Diller was one of the chicest people ever, but yeah. she had to be like, mm-hmm. and I feel like 
up until five years ago, I thought like, oh, I'm really going to make it in comedy because I'm like quirky in this. Yeah. Now I feel more pressure because no shade, but a lot of like hot musical theater gays yeah. who can't make it because they're really not talented yeah. have now shifted to comedy. Yeah. So I feel I the see. I feel the pressure once again to be pretty. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I feel like I just thought, I you know I I love telling stories. I always was cracking jokes. And I guess more than anything, just like being on stage with like lights mm-hmm. and one microphone and a stand mm-hmm. is so much fun to me. It's fun. It's so much fun. When was the first time that you like actually tried comedy or or was on a was on a stage for the first time? Um Probably well I mean they're answers. twenty years apart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the first time I was ever on stage, I was in third grade and I was in a school play and apparently yeah. it was like this like iconic performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. ridiculous. Like my mom still tells me that like the high school came and like people were telling oh my, my brother, yada, yada, yada. You know, I'm going to flip my phone under sure. so I don't, you know, who is that great? Someone um, you don't care about. Someone we don't care about. <laughs> um, but that was, I think my first time on stage and I just remember loving it. Yeah. The first time I ever did stand up, stand up, was when I was 27. Okay. Um, But from 22 to 27, I was working downtown at this cafe, which is no longer there. It was Uh called the Cornelia Street Cafe. Oh, cute. It was legendary. Yeah. And um, there was a theater in the basement. And so I used to perform like solo shows. Before you did stand up. Okay, let's talk about your shows. Because I was so inspired the first time I came to your first show at Stonewall. Sometimes when I'm sad, I remember that. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was really just getting started in comedy. So I turned 30. I'm 31 now. I turned 30 and I started doing comedy, basically. Like, I I went to this, like, energy healer person. I don't know if I've told you that story. but I didn't know that story. In in Nashville. Were you, um, like, saged? Yeah, basically she, like, calmed me down. She held a little you know, metal triangle over my heart or something. Okay. And she like felt different parts of my body, like my knees and my shoulders and things like that. Uh, my friend goes to this place and um, recommended that I go because it, they, they do like life coaching and therapy, but they also do like energy healing. Right. And um, I, we talked for like an hour. So it's not like she's like a psychic. It's like she's reading my energy and whatever. Um, so she sat me back, back down in the chair and she was like, do you want to know what I saw? And I was like, obviously, yes, yes <laughs> that's bitch. why I'm here. Um, and she was like, you're a performer. And she just kind of went into detail about how she saw like me like on a Broadway stage with like a top hat and a cane and backup dancers and like singing a song and everything. Oh, my God. And like that's my soul is like being on stage like that. <clears throat> and when she said that, I had already taken like an improv class. Like I had already been making content all the time, like since I was 15. Um, but when she said like you're a performer, you're supposed to be on stage, you're supposed to be doing music. I was like, Okay. I was like, this is my calling. This is my my chance. I'm 30. Like, let's go. Because I moved to New York when I was 22. Right. In You've order been here to, almost 10 years. Yeah. In order to um, do comedy. Right. And it just took me a lot of life living. And, like, I had to get I, – I did want to get, like, a job and a career and, like, some security before totally. try, kind of trying um, too much in comedy. But I also didn't know – what I would say, you know, like I felt like I had to be older, like 27, 30. Like, I feel like I see a lot of people who are like 20 doing comedy. And I'm like, that's great. That's amazing because you're developing the skill. But I'm curious, like, what are you saying? You know, like, what's your like message to the world? Um, but I started doing comedy and then I met um, Sean and Kayla, who are our friends, yeah. um, at just an open mic night in Brooklyn. And Sean obviously is so funny. She does. Like she had the ukulele and she was singing these funny songs and I had never seen someone else do like musical comedy like like I was doing. And so I was like, we have to be friends. And so I got coffee with Kayla and she was like, I'm going to Jimmy's show. And I was like, okay, great. Let's Wasn't go. it the same day? We got coffee. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, we got we got to your show and you're, it just opened up my entire mind. First of all, I hadn't been to a show at Stonewall. Um, and then second of all, like, your show is not just straight up stand up. No. It's what would you call it? How do you describe your show to people who when you're cuz the thing that really got me about it was you had all these people there, like you had so many people there and you'd be like, "Oh, 
oh, I know you from the gym. Like, oh, you are my waitress. Like, yeah. it seems like you're going around and like telling people, oh, yeah. you should come to my show. Well, I love talking to people. And yeah. that's like my, I feel like more than anything, that's my gift. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's, and that's how I, that's how I grow my audience, I guess, yeah. is like talking to people and stuff. Mm. Um, how would I describe? Well, the first time you ever saw me was like a solo show. Yeah, it was a solo show. Jonathan Thomas opened for me, yeah. and then it was me. How would I describe my show? I think my show is stand-up, storytelling, uh-huh. warming up the crowd. Yeah. Audience participation. I love yeah. getting the audience involved. I think it's just a comedy extravaganza. Uh-huh. And, um, Yeah. It's a comedy. I don't love stand up. You don't. I don't know if we've ever talked about that. I I find it really. um, I I mean, I don't like stand up is is the wrong way to go. I think stand up is very um, subjective. Yeah. And I never go to a comedy show. Yeah. I go to a comedy show once a year. Mm It's during the week of Christmas. Uh-huh. My best friend Jordan and her husband Mike come into town. Uh-huh. And Jordan always gets a reservation for like a midnight show at the Comedy Cellar. Oh. And we go. Yeah. I don't go to comedy mm-hmm. because it's not that I have attitude. It's not that I think I'm better than people. It's not that I think I know all because I really don't. Yeah. And I still have a lot to learn. But it's that there are so many people who I just think are terrible, (laughs) who are doing it anyway, and continue to do it. And so, like, for example, let's pretend, like, tomorrow there's a show, and you and I go, and we're going to see Sean do 10 minutes. I'm super excited to see Sean do 10 minutes, but 9 out of 10 times, the other 7 people on the lineup, I really, like... You know, I give credit to anyone who gets up there. And once again, because I don't want to come off the wrong way, yeah. I know shit about shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't think that I should be on Fallon. I'm years away from that. Yeah. But um, they're bad. Mm-hmm. They might be really, really bad. Yeah. And as much as I love Sean, I don't love that I just spent $20 mm. to get in yeah. and had to have two martinis. Yes, right. I know. Because if I had two Diet Cokes... The two Diet Cokes are going to be $9 each. Yeah. So I might as well just spend an extra $3 and get the martini. Yeah. So I think stand-up, it, whoops, I think stand-up <laughs> sometimes is a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. And last night, for example, yeah. even though I was asked to open, which was cool, Sean had an hour set totally. at Chateau de yeah. Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I was going to go. Like, before oh. she asked me, yeah. I was going to go. Um. Does any of that make sense? No, yeah, it does. You I know? think that I find especially, and this is something you told me very, like almost the first time we ever actually like met when when we went to Sean's show. And Sean, let's plug Sean. Sean Cantatori is an amazing, brilliant musical comedian. Cantatori. You have to follow. Yeah, <laughs> is that how you say it? I feel like I say it wrong. I think you did say it wrong at one of the shows. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's Sean Cantatori. Cantatori. Canta- like, I think you're right. Yeah. It was the solo show. We yeah. sat near each next to each other. Yeah. With, yeah. And um, she's brilliant. I was talking about like doing open mic nights. Oh, I just went to an open mic night. And you told me that you kind of stopped going to like open mic nights pretty early in your terrible move, by the way. Oh, really? Did your, I tell in you your that? comedy career? Yeah, because move. you started doing your own Stop. thing more often. Um, why was that a terrible move? Because I think going to open mics is how you meet people. Okay. One. Yeah. And two, I think it's how you get taken seriously mm. because a lot of times, and I actually think this is true. Mm-hmm. Um, my best friend, who actually really is the one who was like, cut this, cut that, and just yeah. do stand-up. Um, but my best friend used to tell me all the time how, you know, so-and-so probably doesn't isn't warm and fuzzy to you yeah. because, you know, you don't go to things. You mm. don't do this, you don't do that, and yeah. everyone's doing that. Yeah, right. No, Absolutely. So you feel like you're, it's a way to, it's like networking piece is important. Networking piece is important. I just, and I think I told you, yeah, excuse me. (laughs) One of the reasons that I stopped going to open mics is because I would be up there (laughs) and no one would be paying attention. No one's paying attention. Everybody would be in their notebook. Right. Yeah, I know. And 
to me, that's not helpful. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. to me, it's like, I think a good example again, and to plug Sean, Mm -hmm. I just hit myself with the mic. Uh, Sorry. To plug (laughs) Sean, I did a joke last night at Sean's Mm -hmm. and it didn't go so well. I mean, it was fine, but the audience was kind of like, Oh, Oh, and I I was like, I was like a blah, blah. I was like, Oh, all right. Well, I tried. It went wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Thanks for listening. Yeah. And so now I know that like, maybe don't do that again. Was it? So that's kind of how I learn. Was that story something where it was sad and you were trying to make it funny? Yes. I hate, I'm so bad at that. Like all, like I remember one of the very first times I did stand up was actually when I was maybe 24 or something like that. Like I, in my twenties, I went to open mic nights, like maybe two or three times. Um, and I remember I wanted to talk. I have a grandmother who is, I I would call her homophobic. Okay. Um, how does she deal with you? We just don't have a relationship now. Oh my God, really? I know. I know. It's, um, are you she, religious? Did you grow she up? She is. Or, okay. Um, she, my grandmother is religious. My mom is like fairly like religious, but not like super like righteous about everything. But, um, and, but your parents love you. My parents are really good. Are respectful. Yeah. yeah my, no, my parents supportive. are, my parents are really great parents. Actually, my, um, I was talking to my friend Marno, um, who I was telling you about, she had the snack time podcast right? and she lives in LA and I was talking to her on the phone while I was back home in California. And I was like, Oh, like my dad and I are about to go on a drive and get a milkshake. <laughs> and <laughs> she was like, wow, that's, so, <laughs> like, that's lovely. so cute and like wonderful. And I got off the phone and my mom was like, um, she was like, how many of your gay friends do you think would like just go on a drive with their dad and get a milkshake? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm very lucky. Like, my parents are very, like, supportive and, like, into what I'm doing. Like, when I came out, my dad... So, basically, I came out via USPS. Um, I sent my... I was in college, and I sent my parents a letter. um, Oh, my God. That basically was, like, I'm gay and, like, whatever. Whatever I said. And I told them in the letter to not call me first. Like, to text me their reaction. (laughs) And... (laughs) Wait, that's and I was like, I don't want, I can't handle like if they call me and be like, we hate you now, um, which I didn't think was going to happen. But my dad sent me an email and I still have the email. And it was basically like, we just want you to be happy. We can tell you're happy with all your friends at college and everything like that. And that's all that matters to us. Um, And then I became a lot closer with my um, my with my dad after that, because I was like, oh, my dad is like cool with this, which I think I thought beforehand that he wouldn't be or is or that it's gay? hard to my dad. No, he's not gay okay. yet. Um, we're working on it. <laughs> but he you um, never know. You never know. But he um, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's harder to, for me. It was harder to come out to my male like family members. Um, but it was really hard for me to come out to my grandmother because I knew she was homophobic because she had said things before and she like just, I just knew she was anti-gay. Um, and so, um, I did comedy one time, uh, when I was like 24 and I, and I wanted to make it funny and like, I can't remember the exact like bit that I was doing, but I was telling a joke about like my homophobic grandmother and it just came out like I was really sad about it. And the audience, oh, (laughs) so I, for that boy. I tend to do that kind of often with my songs, too. Um, because I want my... Obviously, I want my music to, like, be touching and, like, comedic and, like, make people think a little bit. So I'll often write a song where it's sad. Like, I recently wrote one where I thought, oh, this would be funny. Um, like, this juxtaposition between, like, me having this conversation with my child, my childhood self about my dreams and everything that like I want to do when I grow up. Right. But now that I lost my job, like I'm unemployed. So that would be like the hook or like the twist at the, at the chorus would be like, you're unemployed, like whatever. And I started writing it and it was just sad. (laughs) It was just like, I, and I tend to like want to have like these, you know, juxtapositions between like positive and dark and light and stuff. Like one time I wrote, a song about um, I was I, a friend had a death in the family, and I was thinking a lot oh, no. about my own end of life situation and how I basically like want to not die alone and like oh if I don't want to die alone I should start dating and I should start like st- I should basically stop being so picky and so I wanted to write a song about like the difference between like how deathly I have this fear of dying alone versus like 
how picky I am on dating apps. And I thought, oh, that's funny. Like, um, I'm so picky. I should stop being picky. And I went out and performed it. And it was just so sad. Um, so I really relate to that. It's just funny because, like, I, I sometimes you have to tell the joke to, like, process it, you know, and, like, get You absolutely it. do. Yeah. And I think that when audience members are like, oh, yeah. I, that's maybe their discomfort. Yeah. I think so. Because you I, find it funny. I saw Jessica Kirsten once. Oh, she's so funny. She's my favorite, like my favorite comedian of all time. Did you get, uh, did she call on you in it for anything? She did once, but not, not this time. Yeah. Um, but it's funny that you say that because she's, I I once was at a show Mm -hmm. and she gave me a microphone. It was so funny. It was like the highlight of my life. Yeah. Um, and it was very funny because we talked about antidepressants. Yeah. And I was like on a, a higher dosage. Yeah. Um, anyway, but I saw her do a show once and it was so interesting because she said something in regard to her weight being oh, overweight. Yeah. And the audience oh. was like uncomfortable about something. And I remember clear as day, <laughs> she said something like, you know, that reaction is mm. you mm. that has nothing to do with me i'm up here talking about it yeah and um i thought that was really funny not funny yeah. i thought it was really interesting that yeah. she called it out yeah because you know it's not about me or what i'm saying it's yeah. about your level of discomfort mm-hmm. i once did something similar at a show and there were three straight men in the audience oh. and they were very uncomfortable and it was so funny because I kind of stopped and was like, you three look horrified. <laughs> I just had to address the pink elephant yeah. in the room. Yeah. Boys, this is over in two minutes. Yeah. You'll never see me again. Yeah. You know? And mind you, I think it was a bringer show. Yeah. And so they probably left thinking like, uh, we came to see our friend yeah. and this fag. Yeah, know? right. No, absolutely. Oh, I hate the F word, but oh, I yeah. know like our community is taking it back. Uh- <laughs> I kind of love it sometimes. Do you? I hate I it don't, more than anything. I, um, and I just said it. On I know podcast. you did. I know. And uh, do you want me to bleep it? <laughs> I mean, sure, maybe. Why not? Well, I don't know. I feel like I, um, I obviously don't like it when when straight people call gay use people it, yeah. that. But I, um, when drag queens use it, and like when like really like well oiled like gay people, like really just like. I love that I call them well-oiled gay people. But um, just kind of like people who really know queer culture, like when they use it, I think they use it really well. Um, I think that sometimes, I think sometimes with slang and stuff like, and this kind of goes back to like amateur comedy, is like when you're not like brilliant, it's hard to like make it good, you know? Right. I think that like with, um, part of the reason that I am less attracted to open mic nights is because if it's not like a queer open mic night or if it's not like some kind of like women and queer or like something like that, you do get a lot of like straight white guys who don't really have like a perspective or like they don't really have like something important to say. So they just kind of make fun of other people. And I find that a lot of them are really into like, you know, like the Louis C.K., Bill Burr, like David Chappelle, <coughs> Dave Chappelle. Um, and like, I think they like how like offensive they are and stuff, and they like are fascinated by the f- offensive comedy. But the thing about those people is that those people have been doing it for like years and years, and they know how to like work their way around it. And like, I don't always like what they're saying, but like at least, at least, if someone's gonna do it, it's someone who kind of can weave weave through it and say something ironic or like say something that's like makes you think something different or like right. say something that everybody is always thinking but a lot of the amateur like kind of people and it's not just straight white guys but it's like it's a lot of the amateur people I'm sure I do it myself too they'll just get up and say something offensive right that's not comedy <laughs> like uh, people will just get up and be like yeah I'm racist and they think that's a joke you know, like they think it's a funny joke and it's like, it's, but it's not ironic. It's not commenting on anything. It's just like, they're just saying, saying it that they're say racist. It. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I find that that happens a lot at open mic nights. I think that you're a hundred percent right. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're a hundred percent right. Yeah. It's so funny that you say, um, queer spaces or female spaces or whatever, because one of the things that I'm trying to work on yeah. more than ever this year is going to more queer spaces. Yeah. Because I 
and this has to do with me and not them. I've always felt really out of place with my gay peers. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you agree or you'll mm. disagree, <laughs> but I actually believe... I fight about this with my dad every day on the phone. Yeah. He's in Florida. I actually believe that my comedy is not so much gay comedy. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I think that I you know, talk about growing up in New York City. Yeah. I think I talk about my relationship with my dad. I yeah. think I talk about, like, I mean, I, I do mention dates or whatever. Totally. But I think that there's a lot of queer comedians who rely on their sexuality. Yeah. And, you know, it'll be like, um, you know, like, because I have no shame because I'm on a, I'm on a, path to be Kathy Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> There's this comedian who's moderately successful who mm. I can't stand. I, I don't wish him ill, but he's a horrible human being. Yeah. And um, back when he first started, I remember he used to end his set being like, and one time um, in college, this boy um, came on my face and it was red. And then he would walk off stage. Oh, yeah. Which apparently is like what Amy Schumer used to do. Oh, okay. Like it's a walk off or yeah, something. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. His... A good friend of his who secretly hates him, she told me that. Yeah, right. I'm just spilling yeah. all the tea today. Don't ask for names. Spilling the just, tea on life They're and social climbers in Brooklyn. Yeah. Social climbers in Brooklyn. <laughs> but be nice to them because they're probably going to go far. Yeah. But um, I don't think that I do that. And I'm mm -hmm. also not criticizing. That's totally fine. Yeah. But I don't think, you know, Jessica Curson, yeah. for example, the show where she gave me the microphone was also a show where there was a Q&A. Yeah. And there was this... Beep in the audience. Yeah, yeah, faggot. yeah. That little faggot boy, come, come, sucking faggot. Yeah. You know, look at me. I'm getting in touch with him. I know. Look at and you. And he was like, um, so like, um, I was just wondering, like, why you don't talk more about, uh -huh. you know, your. And she was like, she got her serious, queer, like her queerness, and like... she was like, because it's one part about me, mm -hmm. and there's other things that are far more interesting. Yeah. And then she went on to say. I've also been in this business long enough that if you're going to appeal to a larger audience, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and um, so once again, I talk in circles, but I hope no, that makes yeah. sense. No, I, I think that that is my my closing thing and why I like her so much <laughs> is I think that is a way mm -hmm. to really grow your. She's absolutely right. Jessica yeah. Curson, mm -hmm. if you are watching this podcast, first of all, I know my hair needs a cut <laughs> and my beard needs to be trimmed. So I hate to look like death while talking about you, mm -hmm. but you are a legend. I am so thankful for you. Mm -hmm. On nights when I cry, you keep me <laughs> to push forward. I'm not anywhere close. I need to push, push more. But I'm here to tell the people, Jessica Curson is the real deal. The real deal. And, and I hope that makes it into the podcast. And that's not only the podcast. That's the clip for TikTok. Well, there you go. Jessica <laughs> Curson, class president. She's yes. a wonderful, wonderful woman. So really, I one night... To one be night, that level... Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, last thing. To be that level yeah. and to be kind to comedians mm -hmm. who are so oh yeah so much lower down the totem pole than you yeah is incredibly incredibly generous yeah all right i'm done you okay can, you can continue. no that was a really good that was a really good rant um i think here's one of my question to you is i when i'm writing my songs and when i'm setting up like what i want to say on stage i am con i am conscious is that the word conscious. i am conscious of the of the the number of times that I'm saying that I'm gay, the number of times that I'm mentioning, oh, and by the way, I'm gay. Like, I remember when I really first got started, I felt like I needed to say it. Like, like oh, I'm. by the way, I'm gay. And like, um, because people felt like it was obvious, maybe it would like get a laugh or something. Uh, um, yeah. But like, that's early on. Like, that's not that clever or anything. Um, so I'm, when I'm writing my songs, sometimes I'll say, and I'm gay, like in a lyric, and I'm like, no, I can do better than that. Like I can say something more clever than the fact that I'm gay. But I notice even when I don't say I'm gay, if I post a clip on TikTok or Instagram, um, if I'm just People doing, will be like, beep. Yeah. And, and, and I think that um, if I post my, my interviews, um, one time I posted an interview with somebody that I assume is queer, 
Um, but we didn't talk about that at all in the episode. We just both tend to, we just both had like voices that sound gay. Totally. Um, gay voice. Yeah. And um, all the comments were like, oh, why do all gay people talk like that? Like, yeah. why do all, like, they, all, they just want to sound interesting. They all want to sound like each other and stuff like that. So there's a piece of me that's like, you know, no matter what I do, I'm, I might go up and ta- tell a story about the quadratic formula, right? But at the end of the day, some ignorant, like, person on the internet is going to be like gay 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 like they're just going to see a gay person on stage talking about being gay um what do you think of that well i think that what struck me is when you said like you're conscious of it yeah because i think the important thing to recognize is first of all we and we talked about this before the cameras were rolling yeah (laughs) about people's comments on in um instagram mostly tiktok or whatever how people are cruel but i think what what I feel is to be conscious of it because I think it sometimes can be cheap. Oh yeah. I mean, there's a comedian who's a lovely person. Yeah. And, um, if he watches this, I apologize, (laughs) but, um, I've seen him get on stage and just kind of like, look at the audience. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm gay. Yes. That's so cheap. Mm -hmm. That's so cheap. Because you're it, in sparkly pants, we yeah, get it. Yeah, you right. Know, like, yeah, it could be something else. Mm-hmm. I think also um, for me, part of the reason that I am, tr- I'm feeling like I'm having to mention that I'm gay is because, or not that I feel like I have to mention it, but I feel like it's obvious. And it being gay is a part of my comedy is because I'm talking about dating. So if you talk about dating, then it's inherently gay if you're gay because there's gonna be someone that's like oh my god he just said he he just said boyfriend and he's a man like that's so crazy um and it and i I notice it more on social media than i do in person right um i notice it more on social media because in new york like it's not that crazy to be a man who like wants to you know find a man right um but there are people in you know somewhere in the middle of the country or somewhere in wherever that it's just weird to them like I remember, so I had a video go viral um, in 2022. It was just me ordering a burger. I don't know if I've ever told you about that. At this. a restaurant? At a restaurant. And I am a picky eater, so I order a burger plain. And so I ordered a burger, and it went viral. It got 5 million views. I know. <laughs> And it's like not my normal content. Like it, I put a little, I put a couple funny like captions in there. Um, but I just, it's just me sitting at a restaurant and my friend just filmed me just for an inside joke. And I'm like, hi, can I please get a cheeseburger plain with only cheese? No sauces, no veggies, just the meat, cheese and bun. Thank you. Okay. And it's just like, I think people just have opinions on that. And so um, I just think like it went viral, but the comments you know, again, like that has nothing to do with my sexuality, my dating life. That gay's eating a burger. Yeah, and the first, the first like hate comment that I got was like, "And do you always talk like a girl when you order a burger?" Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "That's so because you think that I'm talking like a girl. You obviously don't have gay people in your life um, who talk this way." And it's like, I don't know. That was the first comment. Then I got a lot of comments about being like overweight my hairline like a lot of comments about how old i look compared to how immature i eat um and a lot of just like the one that got me to turn off i actually turned off the comments after like a week because there was one that said this is the kind of gay guy where it's okay to do hate crimes oh my god i know and then i was like okay that's enough like we're not doing hate crimes and you didn't report that i probably did oh god people are so I know. It's so bad. Did I break something? No, I think I was just checking. Um, No, but no, I don't know. It's interesting like to um, navigate queerness, but I also think it's like the kind of thing where it does set you apart from other comedians a little bit. It Um, definitely does. And sometimes leaning it because lean in. Yeah. Lean. Cause it's like hard. Cause it, it is part of who you are. And to me, part of my own experience with my own gayness is that I spent a lot of my teen years trying to escape it and trying to be like, Oh no, I'm straight. Like, I hope I grow out of being gay, like that kind of stuff. And I feel like I, now that I'm an adult and I've come out and I am gay, 
it feels to me like embracing it is a part of who I am. And I'm basically saying to the world, like, I don't care if you think I'm whatever. I don't think, I don't care if you want to hurt me or if you want to make fun of me. Yeah. Like, it's... I am, I am gay and that's that. And so there's a part of me, and I think this is true with a lot of gay people and queer people when maybe a little bit earlier on in their queerness where they do feel like they need to say it all the time. Like I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm gay because you spent all these years repressing it and saying, I'm not gay. I'm not gay. Like for me, when I was in my earlier twenties, like I basically loved being like, I'm gay. Hi. Hi. I'm gay. I'm Ben and I'm gay. But, and now here we are talking about being gay this whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, it's true. It's funny. I, I don't know. I still go with the, it's cheap. Yeah. It can be cheap. Yeah. But w- once again, whatever makes you happy. Yeah. This episode of Life and Bold is brought to you by my children's book, Bounce Baby Bounce. Ah, here it is. This is Bounce Baby Bounce. I wrote it for my sweet little nephew who is one and a half years old. His name is Max, and he is a very bouncy baby. You can buy the book on Amazon, and that's the only place you can buy it. I hope you love the book. You can buy it for a friend. You can buy it for a niece or a nephew. Or you can just buy it for yourself and read it to yourself before you go to bed. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by my residency at Stonewall. Follow me at Jimmy Schatz is Funny on Instagram to find out specific days that I do my monthly show at Stonewall. It's not to be missed. Thank you for sponsoring. Um, okay, so how long have you been doing comedy? You've been doing it for a while. Six years. Six years. I think. And do you feel like, what, what do you think has helped you improve the most in your comedy? Just doing it a ton or like... Just doing it and watching others. Yeah. You know, like I feel like we can learn a lot from other people. Yeah. 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 I feel like I feel like I did my first year and a half-ish. Um, and then the holidays happened. I was like sick for a lot of the holidays. I did one show um in the in in december like a a a holiday cabaret kind of thing right um and then in january is when i lost my job so i'm unemployed currently and we've talked about like does that mean i should perform more or perform less and i think that you know i want to be performing more and i'm a little stressed about life you know yeah well being unemployed is stressful but i think you know i still stand by that like take the time to really yeah, I know. I'm t- I'm kind of unemployed at the moment, like yeah. kind of. And what do you do? How do you support yourself, like in general? Like you're a comedian, you work at a couple of different places. Like, what's your setup? I work at a clothing store. I work at a fitness company. Um, I babysit when I can. But yeah, I'm I'm old. Like I need to get my life together. What do you want to do? Um, I just be on stage. Yeah, I know. But you know that's hard. I had a friend, a family friend. Um, I was riding in the car this past weekend um and basically i have a i I live in the bay area in california my my parents live in the bay area in california and i have a best friend who lives like an hour north of me and her dad or her her father-in-law was driving me um halfway they were gonna pick me up and we were talking and this is like someone who's given me a lot of advice in my life like when i was coming out to new york and i was saying like i'm just gonna do a year in new york he was like no like go to New York and like be like five, 10 years kind of thing. Um, or stay forever. Or stay forever. And um, late, and, and I wrote, I don't know if you, have you seen my children's book? Like I wrote yes, a children's yes, book. Yes. So he really likes my children's book. He's all about like, you should be selling that. You should be going on podcasts, talking about my children's book, like all that stuff. And I was telling him about my job hunt and I was like saying I could do this, I could do that. And he was like, you know, like long-term, like I don't think you're someone who should just be like, working at a company like you have all these online projects you have your comedy like at some point it would be cool if you could support yourself doing all of that just be an artist yeah and um i'm like very into that like obviously like you're it would be really wonderful to be able to support myself on my art and like my it's I, i do so many things you know like even like down to like I had an Etsy shop. I teach classes on a site called Skillshare. Um, what do you teach? I teach like little um, kind of like s- side hustle 
classes, like how okay, to like how to how to start off. your side hustle. Um, and I get some money out from that every month. Um, and yeah, I feel like I could one day support myself, but it's kind of funny to like be in this phase where like, no, I, I absolutely need a day job. Like I absolutely need something that I can support myself with and gives mm, me health insurance me. and all of that. Well, yeah, we got to have health insurance. Got to have it. But, um, I also feel like in my in my professional career, I don't necessarily need to go up and level up all the time and find something that becomes more and more demanding. Right. Because I want the flexibility of being able to do my comedy. So I don't know. It's interesting to hear what people do like to I support mean, don't, themselves. Don't take after me. Yeah. That's all I can say. <laughs> like, don't take after me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you got to figure something out. Actually, uh, yeah. keep talking while yeah. I check one more thing. Okay, okay. Um, I'm a multitasker, by the way. You are a multitasker. I always love talking about, like, social media. Social media. And we've media. talked about, like, kind of content that you want to make, like, around, like, the interview videos or, like, um, the, sh- the game show style content. Like, what what do you see for your social media? Um. So, in a perfect world... yeah. Um, and I, I'm, I think I told you, like, I'm starting to make more videos and stuff. Yeah, but they're a, so good. In a perfect world, like, I love the man on the street stuff, yeah. which you do, which I think is great, which, yeah. like, everybody does man on the street. Yeah. But I think the reason that it doesn't get tired mm-hmm. is because everybody's so different. Yeah. And everybody's doing their own thing. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I would like to do yeah. in the coming months. Yeah. Do you... Okay, so you would go to like the park or like a street or something like that. Yeah, like, like go to Union Square or Central yeah. Park or Riverside Park. Yeah, and just kind of like you know. I find it so funny because I did um, a couple of those videos recently um, in January. I went out in Washington Square. I love going. I to Washington love when you Square film park. in Washington Square. Yeah, um, but I, I usually go with my friend Denise. Denise is like an all around rock star best friend. Right, like she. I've met her. Yeah, I think so. You've brought her to the Stonewall. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, and we go and like I set up a tripod and she's like kind of the producer filmer. I'm out there with the microphone and then we ask people, do you want to be in my video? Or like, do you, can I ask you a question on camera? And I went alone for the first time. So it was actually really weird because when I'm there with a friend, there's like a security blanket. Like you can be there with a friend, like you look cool. But I went there in the cold. When you're yourself, just by yourself. <laughs> and like it was stalker. just me. And I sat up and I noticed I felt a little awkward. And so I actually said to myself, like, I'm just going to stand here and not ask people to be in the video for 30 minutes. I and was see like, what little they exposure do. therapy. Like, I'm just going to stand here with a microphone in my hand, a camera, and just let people perceive what I'm doing and let them, s- oh, this guy is out here doing interviews. Like, they know what I'm doing. Um but it's it's a lot to like be alone because there's also people that you don't want to interview who like maybe they are in need of something like they need money or they and so they they get on the video and like that's not necessarily who I'm trying to have in the video right um, but so you are standing there and I finally asked people and the way I did it was um, I wanted to like talk about winter and like winter fashion I think you saw those videos absolutely um, and um, so these two girls walked by and they were wearing like leopard jacket and like boots and like great bangs and everything. And they were probably like 23, 24. And I asked them like, do you want to be on my video? And they were like, what's the topic? And I just like looked at them and I was like, winter fashion. <laughs> and they were like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I could do that. And they got in my video. They loved it. And then like that attracted more and more people. I think it takes a little confidence to like go out and be the man on the street. Like Absolutely. no one talks about that. And also... Nobody talks about how, and I, but we have, yeah. how some people, like, when you politely ask, yeah. are so rude. <laughs> like, yeah. so... They're like, like, are you kidding me? Like, as if we just, like, shot their grandmother or I something, know. you know? I know. It was very strange. I know. I find it, I find that some, like, the 1% or 5% of people are really excited. Like, that's why they came to Washington Square Park. No, it's true. But... To be so sensitive and... I know. 
I know. So, okay. By the way, you can see the time. Now I can because yeah. I changed it. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I you idiot. Like, it you says idiot. it right there. It says it right there. <laughs> 49 minutes and 15 seconds, um, 16 seconds. So one of the things about this podcast that I like is that we talk about not only comedy and not only like careers and funny, cool, fun stuff. But what's your favorite food? But what's your favorite food? <laughs> and also just the, the boldness of it all and the life of it all. And I'm curious, like, what, bo- what does boldness mean? to you like do you think of yourself as a bold person and what does that mean i don't you don't <laughs> i don't <laughs> oh get off my podcast i mean maybe like a little bit okay no i mean yeah i mean well, what you yeah. know being bold to me is being you putting yourself out there yeah being balls to the walls yeah you know um i was talking to somebody recently actually and to me i think this is bold yeah um I'm going to die alone, but I think it's bold. Yeah. I recently (laughs) met somebody and it actually was like a hookup. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was something about him. It was just like, he's just cute. Yeah. Cute from the Midwest. Very sweet. And I feel so bad because we did have fun and it did end on a good note. Mm -hmm. But I remember, I remember it was last week (laughs) that like we met on a Saturday. Yeah. And on a Sunday, the next day, I wrote like, hey, did you make it to that bakery? And yeah. he wrote back right away and was like, no, I failed today. I didn't make it. And I wrote back and was like, oh, but you know, you live here now. You'll get to it. No yeah. worries. Because he just moved here a month ago. Yeah. And so that. And then, you know, I went on with my life. And then I went on with my life Monday. And I think Tuesday, I texted him being like, hey, you got a favorite cocktail? Yeah. And he wrote back right away, and I was like, oh, we shouldn't, like, get a drink or That's whatever. That's a good line. And I was trying, you know, to keep it rolling. And then I kind of just, like, you know, Wednesday, Thursday. I think Friday I wrote him being, like, um, I, I wrote him with a clear plan. Yeah. Of, like, you know, do you want to go here this day? Yeah. And he hasn't responded, which oh, is fine. Yeah. But, um... Uh, the oh the the being bold part yeah I wrote something in the final text to him that is really only funny if you live in here yeah <laughs> <laughs> although I told a girlfriend about it and she was like anybody who doesn't get that is stupid yeah um but I wrote watch him me s- not get it <laughs> I, I wrote him something and um. To me, it was bold, yeah, because I was sort of putting out who I am. I guess, yeah. I'll tell you, it's and you're gonna laugh because it's not a big deal. Yeah, I like so many people. Yeah, I text like I talk. Yes, which a lot of people don't like, but a lot of people hate that. What I do is, you know, if you write me and say, "Ooh, can we actually do one o'clock today for Mm -hmm. the podcast?" I will write back and I will say, "Hey, Ben." Send. Oh, me too. One o'clock is yes. totally cool. Send. Send. By the way, do you want a coffee? Send. Yeah. And so the <laughs> thing that lives in here, I hope you're all laughing. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that lives in here is it's like, you bitch, you're over texting. You know what I mean? So I wrote to be cute. Yeah. Because I thought it was cute. I wrote to him like, "Hey St. Louis, oh. it's um, it's the over texter from 75th. Yeah. How's Saturday at five? Yeah. And I think that that was bold yeah. because I was just putting myself out mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And I think that, <laughs> you know, the die alone part. Yeah. I think that, you know, people need to have chill. Yeah. And I actually think I do have chill. I just think that in a sea of losers, when you meet somebody nice, yeah. you know, and so I was really trying to keep it going. Um, I feel so bad if you, if you're watching <laughs> this, he's, we have a lot of, we need to send the, this episode to all five is, of these people. He is, He's so cute. Yeah. And it sounds really lame, but he's his name is one of my favorite TV characters of all time. What is it? Uh, I'm not going to tell you that. Yeah, you yeah I'm not going to tell <laughs> Too you that. Too personal. Also, we have a mutual friend. Oh, you I can't tell me his, his name. Instagram, that makes sense. Yeah. And, um, and so I'm like embarrassed. You yeah. Know, but right. I just feel bad. I feel like, I don't know. Maybe no, I just you, turn this I into a dating you, story. But, I find you, know. you to be bold. You do. I do. Because you are getting up on stage. You're being yourself, especially in your movie quote stuff. Like, you love, like, movies. Like, you are 
like I love movies. You are the movie guy to me. And like I feel like you tell stories that are really personal, but they're not like oversharing necessarily. Right. But they're relatable and they make they make like weirdness of dating and weirdness of growing up and stuff like normalize. You normalize a lot by like being who you are. Yeah. And I find that to be specifically bold about you. Like that's why I when I first went to your show, like I think I definitely was like, oh, this guy like has it going on. Like this guy has a show. Mm. He has like friends. He's putting himself out there. I can't remember exactly what you talked about necessarily um, in the first show, but there was a lot that I was like, oh, this can be comedy. Like you really redefined it for me a little bit. I'm tr- you're so sweet. You're so good to me. <laughs> I'm like, I woke up this morning like yeah. I hate everything. Yeah. I'm gonna die alone. No, I'm not funny. No, you did um, though. By the way, can we a random a random question for yeah, you? For me. Um yeah. Props to Kate, our girl Kate the haircutter. Yeah. But I have to say, I am very bald. Bald. You think? And I feel I'm, this, I feel I honestly feel the same way. I'm wondering it's see, like, I don't feel the same way about your hair as mine. Uh, I think you you pull it off. But as much as I love Kate, I'm kind of wondering how you feel. About your hair. Do you like this and do I keep going? Yes. Or I think do you so. like the buzz? No, I like this. I like okay. you having I like you having a style and like hair and like Okay. I'm gonna I like try it. to keep going. Does then. your hair grow fast? Pretty fast. Yeah. I'm but changing I'm tr- up my hair too. We're trying to get it as long as possible. Yeah. I'm trying to like Well, I'll tell you, you know. I I have like I feel like I have like some receding here. You do, but you also have a full head of hair. Yes, but it's yeah, yes. But she has she cut it. Kate is our wonderful hair person. And she's a fucking genius. Yeah. She cut it in a way where it... <laughs> oh, no! We can leave that for now. <laughs> Jimmy has just spilled water all over my mail. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> can you move the mail? Just... Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think oh it's my from God. my health insurance oh or something. Oh, my God. I'm just... Oh, God. I'm so sad. He was so mad about the conversation oh, that he was just like... Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I spilled again. <laughs> oh, my God. That should be a clip. I'm putting it on the floor. <laughs> Oh, okay. my God. Oh, my okay. God. We're Are you be sure okay. you don't want to pause? No, we're, we're almost done anyway. Okay, okay. Oh, my God. Um. <laughs> Confirming my doctor's appointment, not, yes. not texting. Okay, yes. continue. Um, no, she's cut it in a way that I feel like it hides a little bit of the receding. Um, I think so that I she like has, that. and I think that's the magic of Kate. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm going to do a different style, though, with her. Okay, you are. I want to be like 2000s heartthrob. You should. Yeah. So I have a picture of Andrew Garfield that I'm gonna that I'm gonna do. Um, Even though he I, has a very different hairline, but Kate I like love, can pull it off. I love him. Yeah. I love him so much. Andrew Garfield. Yeah. He once saved my life. In what way? Um, the entire cast of Tick Tick Boom yeah. came to a restaurant that I was working at called Red Farm. Oh. And Vanessa Hudgens, who I'm pretty sure was coked out. Yeah. Um, see Kathy Griffin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she. She came in and she spilled a wine glass, mm-hmm. so like me, coked yeah. out. You know? Yeah, so you're like you're like half Kathy Griffin, half Vanessa half Hutchins. Half Vanessa Hutchins. <laughs> um, and uh, I started to clean it up, and Andrew Garfield jumped up out of his chair and was like, careful, oh. he touched me. Wow. Careful, yeah. you, you could hurt yourself the glass, and it was beautiful. Wow, he saved your life. It was a beautiful moment. As we're doing the end of the podcast, yeah. I'm booking... Um, a haircut? No, I'm booking an appointment. <laughs> oh, for what? That I completely forgot. I have to go see oh, you my have doctor. A... Oh. <laughs> um, okay, we're fine. We're fine. You we did it. it. We're fine. We're oh, fine. Man. Okay, sorry. We're fine. We're here. Well, to round we're it out. We're here and we're queer. We're here. And we're, we're queer. Here. And we're gay. And we yeah. talk about it all and the we time. we talk about it. And we have gay voice. And we talk like this. Yeah. I don't think that my voice is put on. Yeah. I just think that it's how I sound. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think sometimes I have almost like a really gentle voice. You do. Yeah. <laughs> it's very... I think I have an aggressive voice. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm very much like, what? Right. What? So we're a good pair. Exactly. Yeah. Clap your hands if you think Ben and I should have a weekly talk show. Yeah. <laughs> leave a comment, leave a heart. Leave Double a comment, leave a heart, video. because I really think it should happen. Yeah. As we end the episode, like, what would your final message be to the listeners of Life in Bold? How can they go about their life in a way that it's more Jimmy Schatz? Don't be like me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um... I think the message mm-hmm. or something to sort of leave with. You know what? I know I I know what to, I, this is a little bit dark uh-huh. or something. That's good. But I think it's important to remember nobody cares. Uh. And what I mean by that is 
everybody is doing their thing or mm-hmm. at least trying to do their own thing. And as corny as it sounds, this is the corny part of the message, you know, yeah. like life's not a race. You know, we, some of us have Adidas. Some of us have New Balance, right? Yeah. You know, New Balance move a little faster. Right. Who knows? Some of us are but doing I it in think heels. That some of us are doing it in heels. But I think that it's really important, and I have to remind myself this every day, that you have to push and do what makes you happy and do you because there's a lot of power in our thoughts. Yeah. And our thoughts become reality. Yeah. And so you got to put out good thoughts. Mm -hmm. And also, don't pull at strings because then <laughs> you end up with this. No, everybody thinks it is. It's cool. Does it look cool? Yes. It looks like that that sweater cost you $300. Okay. Yeah. Cuz quite frankly, I love it so much yeah. <laughs> that I'm I don't think it's possible, but I'm thinking about a patch doing more. And no, I'm thinking oh. about getting a patch yeah. and seeing if there's any way someone can do something. No, I think you keep it. Okay. It looks expensive. It looks fashion. It was it was fashion. I never was the kind of girl that's <laughs> naturally short when it comes fashion of his love. Yeah. Okay, I'm done. Sorry. Okay, well, I just want to thank you for being on my podcast. Thank you for having this me. This was fun, right? This was so much fun. Yeah. I would come back tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I would do it every week. I know. You should. I love this. Yeah, this is a good podcast. Um, I really want to thank you. I hope you have a wonderful trip back home. Thank you. And I hope that City everybody- City sponsor. Yeah, I hope that everybody follows you. Thank you. It's Tell them Jimmy, again. Yeah. Jimmy Schatz is funny. J-I-M-M-Y-S-C-H-A-T-Z is funny. Mm-hmm. You should know how to spell that. I'm dyslexic, but, you know, not to <laughs> throw shade, but it's I-S is F-U-N-N-Y funny. Jimmy Schatz is funny. No underscores, no, no spaces. No underscores, no spaces, no, no nothing. But don't forget the at sign. Yeah, Duh. you have to. All right. Well, here we go. We're Thank ending you. the podcast. Okay. Do you want to end with a song? Ah, uh, podcast. Woo!